Hey there, friends. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Life, Leadership, and Laughs podcast. It's been a little while since I released a new episode. Uh, plenty of things uh, keeping me busy these days uh, between work uh, and some uh, some family emergencies. Uh, I've been reallocating my time, uh, and so uh, that's why a new episode hasn't been released in, in uh, quite a while. But family emergencies have been resolved. Everybody is healthy and happy, um, and we're we're back on the right track. There are a lot of fun and new, exciting changes coming to the Life Leadership and Laughs podcast in the new year. Uh, I'll be bringing on a co-host, and so uh, keep uh, with me uh, just a little while longer uh, to find out who that is going to be. As I approach the uh, one-year anniversary of the podcast. I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for coming along the journey with me uh, and listening to the show. Um, I have certainly grown as a podcast host, as a speaker, as a leadership guy, and it has been a lot of fun. Uh, If you've been on the show before, uh, thank you. You'll get another special thank you email uh, before the holidays. Um, But this week on the show, I have uh, Jill Valdez, who serves as the founder and COO of Link Consulting. Uh, I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Uh, Stay tuned for more, and thanks for listening. My name is Jake McLean, and you're listening to the Life, Leadership, and Laughs podcast. So hey there, friends. Thanks so much for listening to the Life, Leadership, and Laughs podcast. My name is Jake McLean, and I'm your host. Today on the show, I have Jill Valdez, who is the founder and COO of Link Consulting. Jill, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I'm, I'm, glad that, uh, I'm glad that we got connected, uh, and we got connected uh, from uh, Michael, who had previously been on the show, and so... Uh, really glad and looking forward to our conversation. Yes, me too. Uh, so why don't we go ahead and get started? Uh, just tell me and the listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, so I am, I mean, it kind of includes a little bit of my story. As I was an executive with nonprofit corporations for 17 years and uh, thought that that's what I would be doing all my life. My husband is involved in that as well. We um, raised our kids in that. And so that was, that was going to be life. And then in 2016, the company I was with, they were going through some financial struggles. And so I resigned my position to kind of help them out. And then really had to figure out like, who am I going to be? Like, what am, what am, what am I going to do now? (laughs) What's next? And I bounced around in a few different positions. I, um, I worked with assisted living for a while and I decided that I was going to finish my schooling. Um, I had been doing general ed and kind of working towards getting my degree for quite a long time. And I finally finished that. I got my bachelor's and I was like, you know, I need to keep going with this. And so I uh, went back to school and completed my master's in industrial organizational psychology, which is big and fancy for saying that I just, uh, I'm all about the psychology of business. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, no, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> and so then um, I was with a company that I loved working for them. I was their director of HR. And one day the president came to me and he said, look, you need to go start your own agency. You, you need to be providing this for more than just one company at a time as an employee. He says, I'm being super selfish in keeping you. So pretty much kicking you out of the nest, fly and be free. And um, wow. he said, I'll be your first client, but that's what you need to do. So here wow. I am today. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, uh, I saw, because uh, I uh, scoped out your LinkedIn once uh, Michael had connected us. And uh, when I saw that you had your master's in industrial and organizational psychology, uh, I know it's going to sound really lame, but I, I took a class in my undergrad. Uh, it was like one of the special topics uh, of industrial and organizational psychology, and I was so interested. Uh, and then they didn't have anything else uh, related to industrial and organizational psychology. So I was like, okay, I'll get back to this one day. And yeah. so my, my way in was uh, my organizational leadership uh, master's degree. So, uh, okay. yeah, anyhow. Uh, so uh, the podcast is all about uh, leadership and life. Uh, we throw a couple of laughs in there every once in a while. Uh, so uh, could you describe for me uh, your leadership philosophy and uh, talk a little bit about how that philosophy came to be? Yeah, it's funny. Um, I never considered myself a leader. Like, I mean, growing up, I was the middle child. So my older brother was always the leader. <laughs> Um, I always had people over me in when I was first starting in business and I, I just never considered myself a leader. Even, even as a mom, I'm like, that's not leadership. That's mothering. Mm. <laughs> and, um, and one day, one day, uh, John Maxwell wrote the purpose driven church and, or I'm sorry, Rick Warren did Rick Warren wrote this book called the purpose driven church. And, um, and it changed everything. It was really big with pastors. Everybody was reading it. Everybody was getting on board with it. But what it did was it opened us all up to the idea of leadership development as pastors. And from there, um, that's right about the same time that John Maxwell started coming out with a bunch of his material. Mm -hmm. And so we as pastors, we'd been living in this leadership vacuum for years. And so we're just gobbling it all up. And all of a sudden I was like, I am a leader. Um, and so once I, I would embrace that identity and recognize that in myself and saw the places where I was acting as a leader, I started learning what does that mean and how can I be that, the best leader? Um, I have served under some really crappy leaders and I've mm. had some really great leaders. And so I knew that what I wanted to be and um, so my philosophy of leadership long way around to that answer <laughs> is really based on transformational leadership theory. And that's just the idea that everybody can change. Uh, I believe that everybody has the capability to elevate areas in their life and in their work that they can transform to achieve that next level. And so that's how I approach when I'm leading somebody, whether it be leading a team or whether it be coaching other managers or business owners on how they can be the best leaders, it's from that approach. Sure. Yeah, that's, um, that's fantastic. Uh, and um, thinking back uh, to now where you are uh, in your current position, 
uh, thinking back uh, to your career, what were some of those, um, well, maybe uh, start by walking us through uh, your kind of career journey. What led you to where you are right now? Yeah. Well, like I said, I was in the nonprofit world for 17 years. And um, so I was an executive pastor and then my husband was the lead pastor. So my husband's always been my boss for a long, long time. (laughs) (laughs) And we, I mean, we struggled sometimes, but we do that really well. So most people don't, we get it. We know Mm -hmm. that, but, but it also, um, as, as that, on that journey and on that development as a leader for myself, I had to really understand who I was like, and that involved figuring out my personality and how that integrates with other people, um, how that integrates with the rest of my team and with those above me. So I really had to figure a lot of that out. And once I did that, then it became figuring out how to, how to be the best at that like how to embrace that, how to not see it as being a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I've, I've learned about and I kind of teach about is strength-based leadership theory. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not saying, oh, you need to focus on your weaknesses and make those better, but it's really leading from this place of strength and who you are. The more you do that, then the more aware you are of those weaknesses, those are those are going to get better. They're going to improve. Um, the other thing is too, as I tell people, is you always staff your weaknesses, like whatever you're not good at. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure that you have staff around you or somebody around you who, yeah. who can kind of offset that for you. Oh, yeah. But, um, but that's been my journey of developing in leadership is that First, I had to figure out, well, first I had to embrace the fact that I was a leader and then figure Mm -hmm. out who I am as a person and then what that translates to as a leader and then keep working on figuring out how that looks in each situation. Like depending on, depending on where I'm at, that leadership looks different um, based on the team that I'm with. Yeah. And so uh, let's dive into that a little bit. So, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, the team that you're with and uh, how you're kind of applying leadership, what was that first kind of like aha moment? Like, oh yeah, this is happening. I'm doing this. Uh, Like, how did you, um, did you see it while it was happening or did you look back and go, oh yeah, that was what was happening? So for me, I wasn't the best leader to begin with. (laughs) Um, My personality is pretty strong (laughs) And, and and like, it was like, oh, okay, I'm the leader. So gosh, darn it, I'm the leader. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so you're going to follow me whether you like me or not. And oh my goodness, it was ugly. There was, there was definitely some <laughs> damage back there in the wake. But <clears throat> uh, I've grown and improved and been able to help other people avoid that. Hey, that's what it's all about. <laughs> and so um, that aha moment was recognizing when when it wasn't fun, like when it wasn't enjoyable. Um, I was getting ready for a meeting and I was dreading it. And I knew that everybody coming to that was dreading it and nobody was enjoying what we were doing anymore. And for one, I'm a total, I love to have fun. I like, I like things to be great and enjoyable. 
So that made me really sad. And it was at that moment that it was that I realized that was my fault. Mm-hmm. I was the leader. So that was my fault. I had created that environment and created those conditions and then figuring out how to, to change that. Yeah. Yeah. It's out, uh, and it's not always easy uh, to do those things. Yes. It's, it's not. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, you know, what were, um, I want to take this in like a million different directions. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm trying to try to pinpoint the exact one. Uh, so maybe let's talk about, uh, I'll go back to my, my security blanket, right? My, uh, my list of questions. And so, cause I can, I can see the transition going into uh, talking about your current work and what you're doing. And so uh, talk to us a little bit about what uh, Link Consulting is. Uh, you, met, you touched on it a little bit, but, you know, how did it come to, how did it come to be and how did you find yourself doing this? Yeah, I have always loved helping people and um, that is my biggest thrill. And so in 2012, I was approached by a, a friend of mine and said, hey, you should, you should become a life coach. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, of course. I'll offer that, whatever. Right. Right. And so I got certified in that and I was helping people and I really liked it. Um, but as time has gone on and as time has progressed and understanding what I've learned and how I want to help people, um, that's where Link came from, is recognizing that I want to help companies. I want to help companies be that place where their staff looks forward to coming into work. Because I've seen companies and I've worked with companies where the team members are just like, you know, they were dying. They hated coming in. Like I worked with this one company. It's ironic. The manager hired me. She's like, I need you because all my staff, they don't do what I tell them to do. And um, Mm. we have high turnover and I just don't know what to do anymore. I'm banging my head against the wall. I don't have any support and I just can't do this. And I just need you to come in and fix it. Like, okay. And so I got in there and it, and it was true. I mean, you could feel it when you walked into the office. Oh my gosh. Like it's just this prevailing sense of dread. And they were in a very service oriented business. Like, you, that's not what you want your pa- your patients no. and clients to feel like when they walk in the door. That's right. And um, so we started, and um, I did a communications class with them and personality, and it was so amazing because all of a sudden there were light bulbs like going off over everybody's head of understanding. Everybody couldn't stand the manager because of her personality. Mm. They didn't know how to define it and they didn't know how to work with it. And, and then she didn't understand their personality. So to watch that shift and to watch that change to where, okay, this is why they communicate this way. This is why they need you to communicate this way. Um, and helping them understand her, you walk into the office now and it's a totally different atmosphere. And she recognized that, um, that she was kind of responsible for a lot of what was happening and fortunately and it's not always the case but she she did recognize that it that she did have responsibility for that and she was willing to work on that and change that but to to see that that's that's what I love to do and so um from 
through Link, I'm able to help companies like, and I really want to deal with small to mid-sized companies. I'm not looking to go to Microsoft or Amazon or anything crazy. Because right. um, they're the ones who they want to do really good by their people. And they, they typically don't know how. Mm -hmm. um, and, they, and then they're really focused on the success of the business and don't have the time necessarily to be able to invest in their people. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, it's gotta be really hard. And I loved the, the story that you shared of, uh, of that past client. Um, one of the things uh, I was wondering about that story uh, was the uh, change for the, like the realization uh, and the sharing of responsibility for that manager, did it come right away or was it a little difficult to get at at first? That's a great question. It was a little difficult. Like I know that she realized it right out right away, but accepting it and then saying, okay, I want to do something different about it. That took some time. Yeah. Um, and it also went a little bit deeper, you know, for her and, and it does for everybody. And, right. um, but recognizing that there's stuff that she brought into this um, hurts and expectations and things mm -hmm. that she had to just process through before she got there. Yeah. And uh, uh, a side note that I uh, may or may not edit out of the, out of the show later, but uh, you keep mentioning that you do work around personality. Uh, and so when you're working with teams, uh, what uh, do you use like assessments and things with them? Mm -hmm. I do. I'd use the disc. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm our, uh, so I work at a, at a small college uh, and I'm our uh, MBTI guy. Uh, and so, so I love talking about personality. I could talk about it all day. Uh, and so. <laughs> Me too. I, yeah. I totally geek out on it. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm glad we are, uh, we are one in the same then. So, yes. uh, so um, this, uh, this connection between uh, teamwork and, uh, and personality, uh, why are, uh, to the uh, folks who might not have uh, our backgrounds, uh, why are those two things so uh, interconnected, do you think? Um, because personality, that's who somebody is. And if you, if you don't understand that, if you don't know how to work with it, if you don't know how to capitalize on it, then there's just total chaos and frustration. Mm. Um, one of the things that I've seen so much in business is that, um, you know, it used to be employees were motivated by the fact that they were getting a paycheck. And that's what, that's how it was, is you're going to come into work. Please don't bring your personal junk into, right. <laughs> into the work day. Leave that at the door. Do your job go home and do whatever you want to do because you're getting a paycheck, but that's yeah. all shifted. Right. And so when you can understand your team's personality, then you know how to make sure that you're developing them, right. Making sure that you can motivate them. Right. Um, and making sure that what I'm teaching companies a lot right now is let's align your team's personality, their individual personality and their passions right. with the vision and goals of the company. And then it's just a win-win for everybody. That's how you get team members who are excited to come in and be a part of an organization. Yeah. And I, I, it's, it's, it sounds, uh, excuse me, it sounds so simple. Uh, and I, 
I, I find it really surprising how many people are shocked when, uh, you know, uh, you give them this as the, as the answer to some of their problems and they're like, oh my gosh, how did I never, <laughs> I never thought about it this way. Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, that's, it's great work and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I do, uh, some of the same stuff with, uh, with college students, uh, all the time. And so, um, I am hoping that they're holding on to it for when they leave. Right. Um, but uh, if they don't, uh, it sounds like they're in good hands if they uh, if they were to call you up. So exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, uh, you mentioned that you have a passion for uh, for helping people and uh, and doing uh, well, really just uh, just helping people. But why this? Why is uh, why is this work important to you? People spend so much time at work. You know, it, it, it makes up a huge part of their, their life and it impacts their life. Like if you're miserable at work, then you take that home. Oh, yeah. um, this is, this is generationally impacting, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're in a bad workplace and you're miserable, you come home and you might not want to be miserable, but it just happens because mm-hmm. you're in this environment that you're hating and you come in and your kids see that and your spouse sees that. And, and you know, the people around you, your family, those in your world, they're, they're impacted by that. And, and if we can make a shift, if we can change it to where people, where they're spending most of their Monday through Friday time are looking forward to this. Oh my goodness. I mean, it's, it's dramatic. I, I read an article, um, my husband and I were talking this morning, he got in his email and I'm like, oh yeah, I read that article about um, the impact that a bad boss actually has on your physical health. Oh, wow. And it's, and I've seen it. I've seen it because I've had the bad boss and I've seen it because I've just seen it in other people. Um, it, It can suck the life out of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think about this, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier the uh, everybody buying into kind of the mission and vision of the organization and uh, and all of the and all of those things to, you know, foster the teamwork, the collaboration there. But what do you think happens if uh, someone on the team isn't buying into the values of the organization? Uh, and how do we how, how do we overcome something like that? Oh, that's a great question. Because you do, you're always going to have that one skeptic, <laughs> at least the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. A lot of times what I've discovered is that they're, that they're a skeptic because they're just skeptical people. Mm. Some of it is, oh, you know, this is just another new fancy thing that our boss is bringing in to try to make the workplace better. <laughs> right. You know? Right. right? Um, the other thing is there's a skepticism and there's a doubt on their part as to whether they can be that person. Mm-hmm. Can I actually do what, what is being laid out here? Can I become that person who enjoys coming into work? Can I, can I be this person that is expected of me? And so a lot of times um, what I encourage owners and managers to do is keep talking about the value, keep explaining why the value is important and how it impacts the organization. Um, celebrate people who are doing it well, not to point out people who aren't doing it well, but just to encourage those people who are struggling and saying, you know, look at, 
we just had this happen with this person, you know, Joe came in and he was, he's embraced this and look at how it's, you know, he's excited to come into work or whatever. Right. And, um, and then just some one-on-one -on -one coaching with them and sitting down with them and saying, what is this? What is your struggle? What, why are you so resistant? And it, it may very well be Simon Sinek says this, he goes, if you have bad team members, he goes, feel free to share them with the competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and there may be some that you have to share with the competition, but for the most part, people are teachable and coachable. It's a matter of them knowing that you care about them mm -hmm. and that you're invested in their future. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, uh, I always wonder if the, if the, if the skeptics in the organization uh, are really just those, uh, those people who want to hold on to the workplace as transactional uh, versus uh, transformational. Right. Uh, and, you know, maybe they are just there to get a paycheck and they don't, they don't want all, all this, uh, all this stuff happening around them. Yeah. Uh, that's so, a great point. Yeah. And uh, it's, <laughs> it takes a whole lot of uh, other conversations uh, for, <laughs> for that person to come around sometimes. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So uh, Jill, uh, if you uh, had to uh, really give kind of a, a signature uh, piece of wisdom to anybody, uh, regardless of role in an organization, they're trying to improve uh, their, their team. They're trying to overcome some kind of challenge together. Uh, what kind of uh, advice would you give to them? Hmm. I would tell them, to start with recognizing that the people on the team are people and really getting to know them. Um, you don't have to know their whole story. You don't have to be besties, but get to know what it is that makes them tick and then figure out how to take that and put them in a place to set them up for success and also just set the team up for moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a great piece of advice. I think that, uh, you know, I've, I've certainly seen uh, some folks who uh, seem dismissive of, of their team or of the, of the people around them. Uh, and I'm always telling uh, the students that I work with, uh, you know, can't do anything alone. Uh, you know, everything requires somebody to help you out. So yeah, yeah. yeah gotta take care of the people. Yep. Uh, well, uh, Jill, that uh, wraps up the uh, number of questions that I have for you. Uh, I like to leave the last couple of minutes open uh, during an interview. If there's anything else that you feel that you have to speak out into the, into the world through this podcast, uh, what would it be? I, uh, I hope that people realize that they have the ability to make their world a better place they have the ability to come in and infuse hope and joy and positivity into their environment. And not to sound, that's not like new age hocus pocus, but it's literally <laughs> a little Pollyanna-ish, <laughs> right? But truly you spend, for, the, for working people, they spend so much time there make sure that it's an enjoyable experience and do everything that you can to make that a positive place. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't, couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, so uh, Jill, uh, 
thanks so much uh, for taking the time uh, to be on the show. I really enjoyed uh, our conversation and having you on the show. I did too. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And listeners, thank you for listening to this week's episode. To connect with Jill uh, and learn more about how she can uh, help you get to the next level, uh, she'll, uh, she's offering a phone call uh, where you can talk about where you want to go, what's keeping you from getting there, and then strategize a couple of action plans to move forward. You can find her on LinkedIn, but the best way to get a hold of her is to text a link to 31996. Uh, all of that information and more is in the show notes, but thanks again for listening. Remember that you can follow along the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember to follow along with my speaking and coaching adventures by following my website at www.jakespeaks.org. You can follow me on social media, Twitter and Instagram at MC Leadership Guy. Until next time, take care.